I'm a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? And you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are previewing week two of the college football season. We have uh, a lighter schedule of games this week. I I think we can both confidently agree on that one. It's a nice Um, way to put it. It is a nice way to put it. There are some interesting games here, though. Um, But I would be lying to our audience if I said that we didn't have trouble filling out our five wide. But we, alas, will be going through five wide. We will talk about the Gator game. And uh, we will, of course, be starting with quick hits and a bit of, um, as they say on Split Zone Duo, a bit of podcast business. Um, I announced last week that a newsletter is coming. A newsletter today is Thursday when you are listening to this podcast, which means that tomorrow will be the launch of the Sideline Judgment newsletter, the first edition. Um, I'm planning on sending them out on Fridays. I'll write them on Thursdays. I'll send them out on Fridays. Um, and if you would like to be on the newsletter and like to see the stuff that I go ahead and write, uh, go ahead and send your email address to sidelinejudgment at gmail.com. That's judgment with an E, J-U-D-G-E, like a judge, judgment at gmail.com. And I will be putting you on that mailing list for the newsletter. Um, I'm going to be talking about games from previous weeks. I'm going to be talking about the games upcoming. The napkin will live on the newsletter, Tyler, the famous napkin of uh, Ooh, gambling infamous gambling napkin uh that starting in our Which october is legal 15th now in some states and <laughs> is legal in some states and will be legal in the state of florida on october 15th so who's who's counting um but yeah if you <laughs> want to go ahead and be on that newsletter send your email sideline judgment at gmail.com that's judgment with an e and you will be receiving all of the lovely information that my fingers decide to type out uh, with that being said, Tyler, let's go ahead and talk about some college football quick hits. Uh, I want to start real quick with last week on Monday, Ole Miss ended up beating Louisville 43-24. to We were recording while that game was in progress, and that was my two-point conversion for last week. So we are tied at four points apiece, Tyler. So uh, that came in clutch for me. Look at you. And, Coming uh, back at the last minute. <laughs> You know it. You know it. Um, And I don't want to spend too much time on this game, but I do want to say the Ole Miss defense, drastic improvement. Granted, it is Louisville. I know that Louisville's offense is a bit anemic at times, but it was a drastic improvement to whatever was going on there last year. And uh, Lane Kiffin was not at the game. And as you heard in the episode uh, during our um, week one review episode, that's the one episode prior on your podcast feed. Uh, there were four targeting penalties in the first half of that game. And so a uh, bit of an interesting storyline there. And yeah, Ole Miss looks really good. The offense was clicking. Defense looks much better. It's uh, it's pretty good for them over in um, Mississippi. Tyler, I do want to talk about some news from the past couple of weeks. We didn't get a chance to dive into it. Uh, there are four new potential Big 12 teams, Tyler. Ooh. Ooh is right. Uh, it's the usual suspects. You have UCF, are they, are they Houston. Get, are they getting Oklahoma and Texas back? Are they bring Texas A&M and Missouri <laughs> back to them. It was no, just this, it, it, it was this double agent operation. They went to infiltrate the SEC to get their old guys back. Yeah, somehow James Bond is the athletic director at both Oklahoma and Texas, and he's yeah. That would explain <laughs> nothing because that wouldn't make any sense. It was super stealth, you know, trying to figure something out. Um, No, but the four new potential teams are BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati. I say potential because nothing has been accepted. But as we know, Tyler, in college football, once we get wind of these things, 
it's almost a certainty that those things are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati actually has already officially applied for membership. They did that today, Wednesday, September 8th. And uh, we expect the other three schools to follow suit. Tyler, do you think these teams fit in the Big 12? And do you think this is the right decision for the Big 12 to be making? In the Big in the Big 12's current makeup, I would say that BYU and Cincinnati don't traditionally fit. Houston and UCF super very much do. Um but then you then you kind of think about just because like Nebraska is not in the Big Twelve anymore, so that that Midwestern presence is starting to slowly has kind of faded away from the Big Twelve. It seems very much of a Southwest thing. So that Pacific North Midwest five is not really there. But that being said, from a standpoint like for those teams to join this conference, it makes sense. And also, it's one of those things where college football is becoming more national. Um, getting a team in Florida is a great win for the Big Twelve. Like, in my opinion, like, I know it's you don't hold your pitchforks when I say this. I know it's just UCF, like, um, <laughs> but getting a, a foothold in Florida is huge for the Big 12. You know, getting Houston yeah. can be good. I mean, it's like you can't really go for expansion from a lower level and not include Houston. Like, um, Houston's bad right it's, now. It's but with, just right. Yeah, right. But um, the program is bad at the moment, but I think that the Houston, potential like, for that program is sky high. Yeah, it's Houston. Yeah, it's it's, still, and it's the same it's reason with – it's the same reason why UCF you know, made a New Year's Six Bowl game at the beginning of the 2010s, then ended up having a winless season, and then ended up having an undefeated season. Like There is potential for success in a state like Florida, in a state like Texas – um, in a state like Ohio, in a state like Georgia, when, when you can get those types of schools that produce high levels, high quantities of high quantities of quality um, Ooh. high school talent, see what I did there, then you have the ability for success. Now, Ohio, where Cincinnati is, is a state that does that. Houston is in Texas. They do that. UCF is in Florida. They do that. BYU seems to kind of be the outlier in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling – I read a great newsletter by Matt Brown of Extra Points. You should go ahead and subscribe to his newsletter. It's fantastic. Um, and he was talking about how the Big 12's decision here uh, was looking at fast-growing markets, right? It's not necessarily the tele- the fast markets, growing markets in terms of television revenue, right, which is what kind of drove expansion the last time. That's why Rutgers is in the Big 10 because they wanted the New York City area. Um, but it's more for population, right? Orlando and Salt Lake City are two of the fastest growing population uh, cities by population in the country over the past 10, 15 years. So by getting more eyeballs on that program, by getting more hype in those cities, they're kind of able to maintain that relevancy because there was this this fear. You know, A lot of the big 12 schools are really rural, right? You have Stillwater, Oklahoma. Super. Um, you have – all these schools in Texas, probably outside of TCU, that are in Texas small towns, straight up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely, and Waco I, is known I never, for. I never really understood that until I drove through Texas, and I was like, "Dear <laughs> God, how does right. any like every town is just its own country?" Mm-hmm. Like, right, and then the only reason we know about Waco, Texas, is Chip and Joanne. My girlfriend knows about Waco, Texas, because of Chip and Joanne. So, like. There's all these different rural areas. They need a big city like Orlando. They need a big city like Houston. They need a big city like um, Salt Lake City where BYU is. Um, And Cincinnati is also a large city as well. So they they need these more urban areas compared to the rural areas that they have. So I like this move um, for them. There's people saying the arguments of, oh, why didn't they go after Boise State? They're probably a better football fit for than BYU. But again, Boise is in Boise, Idaho. BYU is in Salt yeah. Lake City. So it, that's, that's, that's the just weird thing how where, I feel And about. also you have to consider the fact that Boise – it's that weird thing where Boise State would would probably take it a call to, to expand. They would go to the Pac-12. Like it's just too perfect. Mm-hmm. But it is also the thing of like Boise's in a nice situation where Boise is kind of cornered themselves into their market. Like they are the best of their teams in their area. And as soon yeah. as you try to start playing in a bigger pond, you might get swallowed and you might not be special anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, Right. Exactly. Because right now they're stealing kids from, from the USC's and the UCLA's. 
because they're mm-hmm. a big lower level score they can get playing time if they're in the same conference is that still going to happen i don't know who knows so, and this is something that those this is something that ucf byu houston and uh, cincinnati do also have to think about now i think for them it would probably be better because they're not in traditionally the exact same uh, recruiting markets as though as those most of the teams they're about to face houston mm-hmm. might have more of a problem but like UCF still probably going to be getting the same people and now just has like UCF is not going to start going after kids in Texas as much. I think it's more of like other teams are going to try and come into Florida now, but UCF is probably just now going to have a bigger sell for those kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think it's also a money situation because um, there was also, there was a question in that Matt Brown extra, uh, extra points newsletter that said, you know, will this be considered a quote unquote power conference? And I want to emphasize a quote unquote power conference doesn't exist. They're called the autonomy conferences, which are the NCAA has given these five conferences the ability to make their own decisions. And so the Big 12 currently is listed as that. Um, now, it's interesting to see when you uh, Texas and Oklahoma leave and these four teams come in, which, by the way, hey, Big 12 is finally going to have 12 teams again. Um when they come in, are they going to be? Are they going to be considered that? Now just high take conference? four teams away from the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, right. For real. Um, that's why you don't name your conference SEC. Uh, <laughs> number your conference, I should say. So, yep, just that that kind of news. Um, it's interesting. We'll see where it develops. The only real concrete development we've had is Cincinnati officially applying, and um, and yeah, I like this also quickly on a micro scale where. I'm interested to see who the American gets because the American is clearly the best of the group of five conferences. I'm interested to see where they get. They lose um, probably their their most important programs in Cincinnati and UCF. And so it's interesting to see, A, do they go after another Florida school like an FAU? Um, do they go after maybe App State and Coastal? Do You know what I mean? Maybe they go into the Sunbelt area to try to um, do some more inroads in the Deep South. So interesting to see where they go. I would like to see what happens. I would like to see it. So (laughs) Um, last thing on quick hits, uh, it was reported by the athletic earlier today. JT Daniels is in jeopardy of missing um, the game against UAB with an upper body injury, but they have said that is not to be a big deal. If he does not play, then redshirt freshman Carson Beck will be getting the start um, and deep down in the article on the athletic, uh, there was a piece that said, uh, and you know, Stetson Bennett is still there, but you know, he, he's not going to get any playing time. So it's, it's interesting. The law offices of Stetson Bennett, the fourth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They are still operational. They are still operational. Not so, getting um, many big clients though. I know nothing to worry about Georgia fans, but I just thought it was an important thing in case you turn on a Georgia game and it's like, Hey, I thought JT Daniels was supposed to be, Nope. Who's this Carson Beck guy? Blah, 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 blah. So, uh, Tyler, the opposite of the Georgia Bulldogs are our beloved Florida Gators. Yeah. And and they head down to Tampa to take on USF. It's a one o'clock kickoff on ABC, one o'clock Eastern. Um, 10 a.m. for you, boy. 10 a.m. for you. Uh, little little morning beers. Little morning beers. Um, we've had some quarterback controversy this season, and I can't believe I'm saying this because it's been it's one been week. It's been one game. And let me emphasize, it's been a controversy within a section of the fan base, quite be it a very vocal section of the fan base. Dan Mullen, the players, the two quarterbacks in question, uh, there's no controversy there. Emory Jones is the starter. It has, was said after the press conference in the last game against FAU. Tyler, what are you expecting to see from this offense? Because I feel like it's just an extension of last week to try to just get in the rhythm and uh, get this offense kind of going before the biggest game of the season so far in Alabama. So, I mean, what we found out last week is what we kind of suspected we were the te- this team was going to be able to do. This team can run. Um, and I would like – so that's good to know. I don't need them to prove that to me because they'll be able to run. If they wanted to, they could probably run all the way through USF. I want to see the passing game emphasize. And I get why, you know, you don't do that in the first game because you're just trying to run the offense the way you should run it. Um, and But now I, I want to I see more. I want to see Emory Jones pass the ball because, like, before he threw his first pick, he was looking great. 
That's not a great thing to hear out of your quarterback. You don't want them to spiral after they throw interceptions. So I want to see, I want to see an emphasis in the passing game. I want to see what happens. Uh, I want to see how they're able to do it. If, if, if the wide receivers can separate, um, because something to keep in mind is that we don't, as much as Emory Jones um, may have struggled last week, we don't have Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts anymore. We don't. Have, there's no Trayvon Grimes on this team. So, like, Jacob Copeland's good, but he only had one catch last week. So, I, I want to see an emphasis on the passing game. I really – because, I mean, I don't think that Florida has really much of a shot to beat Alabama at all, but if Florida wants to be good this season instead of oh, – sorry, great this season instead of good – you have to be able to throw the ball. Yeah, I I agree. And I'm, I'll never say that I want us to turn the ball over or that I want us to throw an interception. But I'm not going to be mad if an interception is thrown solely because I want to see Emery's reaction. I want to see how he responds to that kind of mistake, to that kind of error. Because last week, clearly it kind of got to him. Could you know, for, could be first start. The swamp was packed. You know, there were a lot of things going on um, Saturday. And, and for, for AR-15, for Anthony Richardson, it was a bit easier for him because he knew that he wasn't going into that game as the starter. He knew that he was coming in as a change of pace and he was coming in in case something happened, which, fine, great. And that's um, what Emory like Jones has been doing for the last two years. Exactly, and he looked really good doing that in the past two years. Uh, Tyler, I'm old enough to remember when people were saying we should bench Trask because we have Emory Jones back there. So Ludicrous. it seems like this is a... Uh, recurring theme within a percent a very vocal uh section of our fan base um listen i think anthony richardson is better in terms of talent i do not think that anthony richardson is more prepared to be the starter i am going to give you an analogy and i think you'll agree with me i think this season could be very much we said this before the season started it could be like 2006 i see emory jones being the chris leak now granted chris leak had more experience than emory jones at the time but still the 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 starter that's going to be more in charge of facilitating the offense knows the offense a bit better and then anthony richardson is the tebow comparison Uh, i'm not saying he's tebow even though they wear the same number um but he's the tebow comparison and the the guy is probably more gifted is more gifted talently um has we said it before he's a freak of nature more athletic he has a cannon of an arm that he needs to control um but he's still learning the playbook he's still learning how college football works how the system works and there's an old saying in soccer if you're good enough you're old enough and i think in college football we can say if you're good enough you're ready I don't think that's the case right now. I don't think AR is completely ready to take over the team start to finish. That could be different further down the line. And I think it's unfortunate that Alabama is the third game of the season and the first quote unquote big game after two uh, more cupcakes. tune up, tune up type. I don't, I don't want to call them cupcakes because I don't yeah, think they're cupcakes. The point, but they're not, like, they're they're not, not like Missouri state or anything like exactly right. But, but they're not, Alabama they're not a high level SEC you know I kind of wish we had played Kentucky before we play Alabama something like that you know what I mean Um, so I'm excited to see how that happens I'm excited to see the dynamic between the quarterbacks on the defensive side of the ball Tyler I want to see this defense basically do an extension of what they did last week I want them to get as confident as possible because some of the best defenses we've had in um, in UF history have been very confident defenses, have been defenses that have been very organized, have been defenses that have communicated. And I saw a lot of that in the game last week. I just want to see an extension. Not much to say on the defense for me. I want to see an extension of last week. I want to see us keep getting better and better, understanding the defense, keeping it simple from Grantham. And then every once in a while when he does Grantham type things, it can have an effect. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the defense played really well. And this is a worse offense than they played last week. So I want to see the starters. I don't, I want to see the starters play hard. I want to see them. I'm not, I I don't think that the starters, if they play well, should give up a touchdown to USF. Like, Mm -hmm. but you know, I say that circumstances can be different, you know, like things change, but I want to see, I want to see that confidence. I want to see the aggressiveness. I want to see the front four dominate. I want to see, uh, coverage in the secondary. Um, knowing I'll probably be watching this game with Stephen Peters, he will. He will. Uh, one thing you guys should know about watching the uh, games with the noted Eagles fan Stephen Peters is that it's is like that he's any always moment optimistic. something. 
No, yeah. <laughs> Steven <laughs> Peters is the least optimistic football watcher ever. Like, um, and I like I I say that it's funny because he's not like upset all the time. It's just that anything that happens is indicative of something that's wrong. Like, so have you have you ever seen a football game? Have you ever seen a football game with Dede? I've never actually watched a football game with Dede. I imagine it's the same thing. Like it's it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> yeah. No. Any uh, our entire relationship when we watch these games is basically me being like, "All right, chill." Like, um, <laughs> so I'm hoping to see like, but I'm hoping to see the defense play fast. I want to see good coverage in the secondary. I don't want to see anybody get beat. Um, nobody got beat last in the last game, really. Um. But I want to see good coverage. Mm-hmm. I want to see, I want I, I want to see the scheme not get too complex. I want the yeah. simplicity that was and, working. And right, and some of the getting into the rhythm doesn't necessarily mean for the players. I, I mean that to you, Todd. Okay, I also mean that to you, Todd Grantham. Please get into a rhythm and get into the simplicity rhythm that we had last week. So, um, special teams still don't know your names, but honestly, that's a good thing. Uh, I don't I don't want to have to learn your names or if I do learn your names, I would like it to be the kicker and uh, the guy if, you know, on a big, important kick. Um, and I think at this point, Tyler, I don't even want to look him up. I just kind of want it to be a bit from now on. <laughs> I really do. Is your is your name is your name one of the towns? Is your last name Townshead and or are you Eddie Pinheiro and or are you Evan McPherson? No. OK, then. I don't know your names. I don't know your name. Um, I'll be I'll be calling Florida punters. Oh, is that another Townsend brother? Until I die, Tyler. All right, they're all Townsend. That family's done a lot for this school. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more than some other families. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. um, Tyler. That wraps up the Gators. Let's go into five wide. Um, as I said earlier, a bit more difficult to pick our five games this week. There were three for sure's, right? There were three for sure games. Yeah. Let's start with one of them. Let's start with probably the game of the week. Oh, okay, this is the national game of the week. This is not this the sideline game. game of the week. Exactly. You get me. You get me. We'll get to that one next. Um, the number 12 ranked Oregon Ducks heading to Columbus to the Horseshoe to take on the number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. It is a noon kickoff Eastern, 11 a.m. local time on Fox. Gus Johnson is going to be calling this game. It'll be Oof. fun. I, yes, I'm excited please. to catch the first the first hour of this game until the Gator game starts. And this will be the second screen game once the Gator game starts. So um, I'm excited. Tyler, Oregon didn't look... Uh, I pick first this time. I pick first this time. Uh-huh. So um, Oregon... So they struggled against Fresno State. Uh, there's reports from Mario Cristobal at a press conference today that uh, Kayvon um, Thibodeau... The argued the number one player in the country, the defensive uh, defensive player for Oregon, that he's still kind of trying to go this Saturday. I'm sure he'll play, but I'm not entirely sure. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Uh, I have Ohio State winning this game. I think what we saw by Ohio State last week against Minnesota, the first half I think was just a true freshman quarter, uh, redshirt freshman quarterback is in, in his first start on the road in a conference game in a hostile environment at night on a Thursday. There there was a lot thrown at CJ Stroud last week. I think he got more comfortable. I think having a game day at home, um, I think making it, um, having the weapons that he has uh, and Ryan Day at his disposal, it's not that I don't think that this game will be um, a blowout. I don't think that. But I do think that Ohio State will win pretty comfortably. This may be a 10 to 14 point win. Um, but they'll pull away late kind of thing. Um, I have Ohio State. Who do you have? Okay. Um, I also have Ohio State. Not even going to let anybody wait for it. Um, largely because <laughs> if Gabon Thibodeau was 100, it's one of those things where combined with the struggles we saw of Ohio State and Oregon's defense being you know, their, their strength, you can make an argument up until you realize – Oregon's quarterback situation. And then that argument just falls apart. Um, so, ben, that, all, all that being said, Kevin Thibodeau is not even 100 right now. So, 
there's not really a situation I see. And it, it's unfortunate because there's other worlds and other years where this would have been a really cool game to see. Um, and it'll still be fun to watch, but I think it'll it's going to be competitive early, I, I bet you. But I think Ohio State's going to pull away with this one. Pretty confidently in that. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm pretty confident in that as well. Um, not very difficult of a of a thing to say for both of us, I think. Uh, I do know that Oregon is going to be getting some players back, some defensive defensive players back, I believe, in the secondary. Um, so they'll be a little bit more equipped to take on that deadly wide receiving core that Ohio State has. But I just don't think it'll be it'll be enough, especially at home. Um, yeah, Oregon's playing this. Oregon's playing this game at 8 a.m. local time, uh, body clock local time. Like, there's something to be said about that as well. So, uh, we both have um, Ohio State. Tyler, uh, the next game is the sideline judgment game of the week. Um, it's a game that we, yeah, you know it. It is a game that we look forward to at the beginning of the year. I wish this game was played at the end of the year. I really do. Like I'm happy yeah. right now that it, I get to watch it tomorrow, but I really do wish that this was at the end of the year. It deserves it. It is Cy Hawk. It is the number 10 ranked uh, Iowa Hawkeyes heading to Ames, Iowa, Tyler's spiritual homeland um, to take on the number nine <laughs> ranked. Place I've never been. <laughs> to take on the number nine ranked Iowa State Cyclones as a 430 kickoff on ABC. So you can watch the Gator game. Keep it right on there because then you're going to watch the sideline judgment game of the week. It's just a back-to-back sideline judgment beauty right there on ABC. Um, Tyler, you go first. Who do you have in this game? Are you going to stick to the brand? Are you going to stick to your brand? Well, I'm going to explain my thought process here. So it's important to note that as much as I love Iowa State, there's one – and and as much as I think that Matt Campbell is so good at coaching, especially right there – I want him for so many jobs, but I think I, lo- I love the fact that he continues to stay at Iowa State. But there's something to be said for the fact that he has still never beaten Iowa. And now it's important to note, mm-hmm. Iowa and Iowa State, while rivals, are not on the same level of football program nationally, historically. Like, they're just not. Uh, what Iowa State is now, has been for the last few years, is an anomaly, an anomaly of their program's history. And what Iowa is, is just pretty much what they always are. Um, and so it's, it's understandable that they have not, that Iowa State has not gotten over that hump, uh, which has not been, it's weird because it happened at the beginning of the year and they, Matt Campbell has so many chances to make up for it later in the year and he always does. Um, and then there's one year where they, they were on the track to win and then they muffed a punt at the end. I remember that. Um, which allowed Iowa to keep keep hold of the ball and run out the clock. So they've been close. Now, my head is telling me to pick Iowa, but I can't trust my head as on the account of that I'm out here in California now. So <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta trust my heart and we're going with the the Iowa State Cyclones. They're they're taking they're taking the Cyhawk trophy this year. They're finally gonna do it. Matt Campbell's got it, and if he had just had done it last year, that would have been the greatest team, Iowa State team of all time. But you know what? Good. Now it's time for a second try. So they didn't play last year because of the non-conference stuff. You're so, so right. That that lucked out in that Iowa lucked out because I do think that they would have beaten Iowa last year. Um, and like you said, look, I totally the forgot about that. Even more for reason for me to pick Iowa State. Right. So the streak's got to end at some point. Um, I just, I have to pick with my head here. It's okay. I, it's not that it's not that I disagree, right? I just think from what I saw last week. Now, granted, Indiana may not be that good. Definitely not as good as they were last season, but they may not be good. Period. The Iowa defense looked really good last week, and one thing about Kirk uh, Kirk Ferentz, that man's going to have his team playing disciplined, hard nosed football. I'm a little bit worried about the offense. I didn't think that the offense was very um, energetic, I should say. Uh, There were times where it was anemic. I know that there were a lot of points scored, but 14 of those points were pick sixes. Um, 
So I'm still going to take Iowa because I think that the defense is good enough to contain Brock Purdy. I didn't think Brock Purdy looked very good against Northern Iowa. It's uh, not indicative of who he is. I just think he didn't have a good performance. It is important um, worth noting that part of the reason that Iowa State has had trouble is that Iowa State always takes some uh, some time to get going. Like okay, that was gonna yeah that was gonna be my next point where it's I don't know very what it is about to me. It, I don't know if it's impressive or disappointed or disapp- um I don't know if it feels impressive or if it feels disappointing because Matt Campbell is on the Dan Mullen level of my teams on the um Pat Fitzgerald level of my teams get better as the seasons go forward. That is an impressive thing to do. Okay. That is like difficult as a coach. Your team gets significantly better. But that's why I wish this game was played at the end of the season. I'm convinced that if this game was played at the end of the season, Iowa would not be on the streak that they're on. I think Iowa State would win maybe the last two or three years, maybe not the years um, where uh Oh, what was that wide receiver? They would win all the Brock Purdy years. You probably they would win mean. the Brock Purdy years. That's what I should say. Yes, um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Iowa. I know the game is in Ames. Uh, crazy things happen. The game is at 3:30 local time. And honestly, I think for the sideline judgment game of the week, I think we should be on different sides, man. Hey, I, I respect it. I, I, I like that we got some stakes in this one. Just, Just for like, the content, you know. I, I feel like we yeah. should. But I, let me let me be honest. I won't be sad. I'll be disappointed because I didn't get the point. But just just like um, uh, just like Matt Campbell, I will have plenty of time in the offseason to um, fix up this situation. So if if I lose this game, um, so that's what makes me feel that way. Uh, you have Iowa State. I have Iowa. Tyler, let's head to a game that's a bit closer to me. Uh, that is App State coming to Coral uh, Coral Gables as if Miami has a stadium on campus heading to Miami <laughs> Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you ladies and gentlemen uh they'll be heading to miami gardens to hard rock stadium to take on the miami hurricanes the number 22 ranked miami hurricanes uh that is a seven o'clock kickoff on espnu um yes we have espnu games on the five wide i told you it was a very barren week ladies and gentlemen um for me it's it's pretty simple uh i thought chase bryce played relatively well uh, last week for App State, um, they cruised and won pretty easily. We were making fun of Chase Bryce last year. This is the former Clemson quarterback who then transferred to Duke, who then was like really bad at Duke and then dropped down to to App State. And we thought, oh boy, this is going to be bad for App State. But no, he looked relatively decent. Now, this is Chase Bryce going up against a really talented Miami defense. And that, Tyler, is a recipe for disaster. Um I think Miami's a good team. I think Miami um, had the unfortunate um, why situation. Did you, why did the team schedule Alabama? I don't get it. The paycheck. Really? It was an, It was the Atlanta Chick-fil-A game. It was the paycheck. We all know what it was. Um, it, it was definitely um, rough to see them out there. But, 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 I think that Miami is actually a very talented team. I like some of their players, especially on defense. Um, De'Ara King, I think, is going to do a good job of getting to App State's into App State's head kind of thing. Um, so I, I like Miami. I'm going to take Miami. I think they're more talented. I'm not saying this is a blowout, but um, because I think App State is a well-coached team, I think App State has some talent. But I'm definitely going to take Miami on this one. Who do you have, Tyler? I am also going to take Miami, and I'm not going to take too long to talk about this. Um, this does not feel like an App State team that is full of world beaters, which we've had App State teams like that before. It just seems like a good App State team. Uh, Miami, as much as they lost by an incredibly large amount to Alabama in an incredibly short period of time, it's still, I think, I still think it's an okay team at least. Like, last year they were good. I would venture to say they're probably good again. Not great. I, I don't think they're a great team. But I think at home with their defense, I think they can do it. The only thing I'd be worried about for them is the is the uh, Alabama like hang, hangover mm-hmm. that Alabama sometimes does to teams where like they, they beat you not just for that week but for another week after that. Yeah, yeah. we, we talk and about that concept on here a lot where Alabama That would be the way that App State could win. Yeah. But I, I'm going to go with Miami. Yeah. And look, there's been a lot of – okay, let me put this nicely. 
um, there's been a lot of positive uh, energy around Miami down here. Um, I was trying to be nice and not say that they legitimately thought they were going to beat Alabama. <laughs> but Some whatever. people did. A lot of people down here thought, Tyler. Like, I'm not joking. Like, these people really, really thought. I don't know what's in the croquetas, but, bro. You know. I do know, but I don't need, I don't need those <laughs> don't, croquetas. Don't please fit here. <laughs> ah, okay. They're pretty good. But um, I eat those croquetas, and all of a sudden, I'm like, of course, Emory Jones is going to throw for six touchdowns against Bama. Are you kidding me? Come on. Um, no, but it's, it's one of those situations where – they're going to come back to earth, but this isn't a bad, this isn't a fraud Miami team. This is a good Miami team. There's a Miami team that can win the coastal. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think, I think this is a probably going to be the best, one of the better Miami teams in, in, in a few years. So, Great. um, Tyler moving forward, we have a game that was supposed to be looking better than it was, but Man, uh, you played this game in 2016. This is a banger. Oh, <laughs> this is a no skips. Uh, we have two unranked teams. We have Washington taking on Michigan. It's an eight o'clock kickoff on ABC. It is in Ann Arbor. It is a night game. Uh, it is going to be a fun television atmosphere. Um, I'm not going to go too hard on this. I'm not well, convinced. I'm first, so I don't know what you're doing. Oh, you're um, right. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, um, Tyler. I am going to go hard on this now. Um <laughs> But, all right, every logical thing in me tells me to take Michigan because Michigan won against a bad team and Washington lost against a very bad team. But you know what Washington still does well? They play defense. And you know what I'll never trust Michigan to have? A quarterback who can beat a good defense. So I'm going to take Washington. Okay, so this is where my – Jim Harbaugh principle is going to come into play. Is this the year? <laughs> oh my God. Where he gets his quarterback. I can where feel he gets... it on the other side of the country. Like, <laughs> is this the year where he gets his quarterback to be able to break down defenses? Uh, I watched some of the other game. It was a, it was a tertiary screen uh, last week of their game against Western Michigan. I liked Cade McNamara for what I saw. He's not a world beater, but I liked what I saw. Um, was smart, made good decisions. They have a pretty good run game. I think that this game will be low scoring. Uh, I think you should allegedly definitely take the under. That oh, may make yeah. an that may make an appearance on the napkin. Um, and I think that I think Cade McNamara is going to make enough play. I have more faith in Cade McNamara and Jim Harbaugh's offense going up against Jimmy Lake's defense than I do whatever the hell is going on with Washington's offensive side of the ball going up against the Michigan defense, if that makes sense. It does make sense. I'm just on the opposite side of it, uh, partly for the lulls, but also because like, (laughs) as much as anything, Washington's defense was incredible still. They were. And... I just don't trust a Jim Harbaugh quarterback until I'm proven to be until I am proven that I can. I won't trust one. This could be it, though. This could be it, my friend. This could be it. But I can also totally see him throwing three picks and Washington running it down their throat. Like, yeah, OK, makes sense. And I'm not saying what I'm picking is likely. I'm just saying I'm picking it. And I respect it. Um, last game for five wide. Tyler, we have number 21, Utah, taking on BYU, 10-15 on ESPN. Pac-12 after dark is the holy war. Let's go. Another beautiful case of early season rivalry football. I love it to death. Um, This game has been bonkers the past few years. Um, For me, it's pretty simple. Uh, I watched a little bit of BYU-Arizona. And I thought BYU was letting Arizona stay in the game for a little too long. And I didn't watch any of Utah's game, uh, even though I heard that they, they struggled a little bit. I have more faith in Kyle Winningham. I'm going to take Utah. I'm going to agree. Um, nice. Also because, I mean, Utah did lose. Sorry, no, not Utah. Uh, BYU did lose um, Zach Wilson. So it's got to count for a little bit of something. 
Um, yeah. It still is a good team. And but I, th- I, I, I admittedly have not watched my, pretty much any of either of these two teams yet, but I do trust Kyle Whittingham. And Kyle Whittingham has won a large percentage of the most recent matches of this game. Like I believe he's only lost. I think I think they're like four and one in their last five, something like that. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Utah as well. I hope they do the red on blue. Um. Yeah. So beautiful. It was so beautiful. I can't wait. Um. I love these early season rivalry games, I, especially when we're about to be right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, good old Holy War. And it's at a reasonable time for me. It's seven o'clock. <laughs> now look at that. Look at that. It's a it's a reasonable time you know, it, for you. It, it does kind of suck that like there is no Pac-12 after dark for me. I was going to say you can't like lay in bed at one in the morning and Play just football. watch football. Yeah, like yeah, that is a staple. Because on Pac-12 Network, which I watch now, evidently. Oh, um, my God. Not really. But it's funny that I can – that it exists because it only ever existed in my mind. Like, It was a like theory. It, it was a, it was a fiction that we all decided to collaboratively believe in. It was it um, was like The Matrix. Yeah, it, very much like that except for it's real. Um, eh, well, uh, <laughs> well, I, think, it, you, I it, think you took the blue pill there. <laughs> sure. All right. Um <laughs> but anyway, like they'll still they still logo at Pac twelve after dark, and I'm like, but it's not after dark here. The sun doesn't go down till eight o'clock in this city. Like, <laughs> like do you, are you? I'm like, are you sitting there labeling it Pac twelve after dark for the people that aren't on the in the Pac twelve network area that are watching this that have the Pac twelve network? So, right, right, so let me get this straight, right? So for the 17 people that live outside of the Pac-12 geographical area that have the Pac-12 network. That's for Pay them. the extra money for it. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. All those USC grads living in, in New York City. Um, Tyler, <laughs> that uh, that wraps up 5Y. You know, I, I, have, I, have, I will say, just note, I have met more NYU grads in this city so far than I have met UC, USC or UCLA grads. And listen, just like us, they're by coastal, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I mean, come on. Um, it's all good. All right, Tyler. It's it's time for two point conversions. Uh, you well, are up first this week. So, what is yeah. your two point conversion? Uh, there's a lot of good games that we didn't discuss. Uh, Texas, Arkansas is one of them. Um, other games, Stanford, USC is interesting. Um, I would be interested to watch Arizona State UNLV just because I want to see what Arizona State looks like. Uh, Texas A&M, Colorado, both are one and zero. I agree. I don't really expect that to be much of competition, but I will say I'm going to go a little bit outside of that. I'm going to go to a game that's on Friday. I'm going to go. Oh, the oh, this the is K- not fair. Oh, shut up. Um, the Kansas Jayhawks, the undefeated Kansas Jayhawks, <laughs> are traveling to Conway, the, South the, Carolina the, to face the, the Coastal Storm Carolina. The Storm Now, boy, I say, I, I say, like, look how I say, I say, I say the Chanticleers about to whoop, whoop some butt. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to take the, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers to beat the Kansas Jayhawks, which, you know, I feel like isn't fair, but also no regrets. Um, I'm okay. Hold on. I'm looking up what that line is. I'm curious. I tell you right now to see what the line is. Hold on. Oh, I didn't look at the line let's, until let's I, see what I, this line is. I didn't look at the line until I'd already, I already said my pick, and I was like, oh, boy. Sergio's not going to like this. Oh, oh, my God. Do you know what the spread is? <laughs> yes. It's 20. It's Coastal Carolina. The spread is Coastal Carolina. <laughs> by 25 and a half. 25 oh, and my half? God. <laughs> yes, oh, it moved. That means that people are taking that. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, Kansas. I mean, I feel very we can't be doing this. Right. If, you, if you think that's too big, I will take another one. 
No, no, no. It's fine. That's a that's a fun for the brand pick. I do like that a lot. I, yeah. I, I, that's acceptable. Acceptable. Most mostly um, just I took it mostly because I couldn't let that game go unmentioned. I and I for the content and for the brand, I respect it. Um, the game is in Conway, South Carolina, too. By the way, so yeah, I know. Hey, if Lance right, Lee wins this game, trophy, Hall of Fame. Like, do you understand what you're saying? If if the, a coach of a Big 12 team beats Coastal Carolina, and I know Coastal's, excuse me, I know Coastal's Coastal now. That's insane, man. That's insane. Yeah, but All it's right. Kansas, so it doesn't even really it, count. It's a, that's true. All right, moving on. My two-point conversion, Tyler, I think I'm going to do it for the laughs. I'm going to do it for the laughs. I don't feel comfortable picking any of these games that are like, extremely different um competitive levels yeah like michigan state youngstown state right um i don't feel comfortable picking that i don't feel comfortable picking um you know something like uh clemson south carolina state um even like utsa lamar or ucf bethune cookman uh i don't feel comfortable doing that there's some other cool games i think you mentioned some of them texas arkansas uh, looks like a fun game. Um, California TCU looks like a fun game. That's an that's an alliance showcase right there. Um, Colorado Texas A&M you mentioned, but I'm going to stay in the SEC, and it is going to be a noon kickoff on uh, the four letter network ESPN. I'm going to take Pittsburgh on the road in Neyland Stadium to beat the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh my God, I love it. Tennessee let Bowling Green hang around the game last week. Arguably so bad. Definitely a top 10 worst team in FBS. Arguably a bottom five. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take Pitt to go into uh, Neyland Stadium and beat Josh Heupel's Tennessee Volunteers. So that is my two point. Um, So to recap here, Tyler – we have uh, for five wide. We have Oregon and Ohio State. We both have Ohio State, Iowa and Iowa State. I have Iowa. You have Iowa State. App State, Miami. We both have Miami. Washington, Michigan. You have Washington. I have Michigan. Utah, BYU. Excuse me. Ugh, I have allergies to this dog, which I love to death, and I take a pill, but that's okay. Um, where was I? I was at Utah taking on BYU. We both have Utah in the Holy War. And for our two-point conversions, you have the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers taking on Kansas, while I have Pitt doing Pitt-type things in Neyland Stadium beating Tennessee. Uh, as was said earlier, the score to date is still 4-4, four to four, and I apologize for cutting you off, Tyler. You were saying? Well, I, all I'm saying is that I cannot overstate how actively I am rooting for Pitt to beat Tennessee because of, because of the lulls. The laughs, <laughs> the LMAOs, the hot. Oh, I cannot wait. I I may or not just for just for the bit, just for fun. I may take that twenty five and a half coastal shot, uh, coastal Carolina in my in my spread pick'em league. I may do that. Just see, just to see, like, like it's worth a point. I'm not gonna make it my triple. I have a triple point I can make each week, but. <laughs> not going to do that but i definitely will pick it for some i'll fit it in some category i'll find a way to do it oh yeah yeah you'll figure I'll find it out a way to do it so i'll figure it out i'll figure it out um tyler it looks like that's it we have previewed all of week two for this college football season um we will be back early next week with a review of week two don't forget if you would like to receive the sideline judgment newsletter send your email to sidelinejudgment at gmail.com that's judgment with an e um, and uh, the first one will be coming out tomorrow um, because you were listening to this episode on Thursday, September 9th. So it will be coming out Friday, September 10th. Um, Saturday is the 20th anniversary of 9-11 here in the United States. And so um, we wish uh, everyone who uh, lost someone or was affected in some way by the 2001 9-11 terrorist attacks, um, we wish you a day of peace. We wish you... Um, a day of remembrance of loved ones and military and first responders, a positive 
um, day. We, we, we know it's, it is a sad day in this country's history, but we, we wish positive vibes and happiness in that sense. And I think, um, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, um, and however liberal you are, uh, some kind of evilness we can all re- 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 uh, rebel against and um, come together in a moment of national mourning as a memorial to what happened 20 years ago. It's not an excuse to be um, um, Islamophobic. Your Muslim brothers and sisters do not have anything to do with the extremism that happened 20 years ago. So um, we just want to make sure that we cover all of those bases and, and, show how much we care about what happened 20 years ago and also how much we care about um, the persecution that our Muslim brothers and sisters uh, had to go through in the aftermath of what happened 20 years ago. So a little bit of a sour thing to end on Tyler, but I just remembered that that 9-11 is the Saturday. No, but that's a very important thing to say and, and, you know, very poignant and very, it's important for us to always remind us where we, what has happened to us, where we come from and always uh, remind yourselves that, not to let those things make you a terrible human being. Um, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So um, with all of that being said, Tyler, we do have college football to celebrate. Yeah. Um, if you can only watch a few games this week, we've kind of laid them out for you, which ones to watch. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to see what uh, outlandish and overreactor overreaction statement is made by Florida Twitter this weekend. I can't wait, dude. I can't oh, wait. It's going to be great. We're it's not going to fantastic. Get- I, lo- I lo- you know I love the fact that we we get the Bama game early partly because we get answers to these things. But then again, the the test will have swung so hard in the other direction mm-hmm. from being two easy opponents relatively to the hardest to the you know best team in the country. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and then we're not actually going to get any answers. <laughs> I know what sucks is that like I was able to get a. Um, I kind of gave myself an over under as to like how fast I was going to have to mute some group chats into the season. And I said, I said three and a half weeks. Is it going to be before the Bama game or is it going to be after the Bama game? And oh boy, was the under smashed. Oh (laughs) my gosh. I was muting. I was muting group chats on Monday. I was like, really? This is what we're doing. (laughs) This is what we're doing. Literally two games after the first game of the season in a 30-point victory? This is what we're doing? <laughs> hey, some people don't like to be happy. Some people don't like to be you happy. Should, um, there's but, one thing college football has taught me is that nit- nitpicking is a kind of personality trait in large sections of the country. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, my friend. You are not wrong. Um, I think that is a great way to end the episode tyler uh this has been another episode of sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler and we are not biased tyler but go gators go gators